Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Now over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call with Bill Maloney. Bill? Good afternoon, Catherine. Stocks are under pressure again today. Dow is currently lower by 103 points. SBs drop 13 and NASDAQ falls 36. The small cap 600 is down four points and the U.S. 10 yield falls to 1.78%. Seven out of 10 SB sectors are lower, led by losses in industrials, energy and the financials. Gains in utility staples and telecom. Dow Transports fall 70 points. Neza Biotechs are down 2.8%. And the VIX is higher by 5%. Dow leaders to the downside included Caterpillar, GE, and Goldman Sachs. McDonald's, Procter & Gamble, and Coca-Cola led to the upside. Some of the names reporting after the bell tonight include Tesla, TripAdvisor, Whole Foods, MetLife, and Fitbit. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Catherine? Thank you, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type SQUAK on your terminal. Crude oil has narrowed an earlier advance of 2.8% after the government reported that crude inventories rose in the U.S. last week. West Texas Intermediate crude up 21 cents a barrel to 43.86. Spot gold down $9.30 a ounce to 12.82.50. And the 10-year Treasury is up 6.30 seconds with a yield of 1.77%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. An earlier Easter holiday, a lot of spending on new advertising campaigns and weaker demand for travel to France and China. All of these hit Priceline Group. Second quarter profit now suffering, according to Priceline, saying this in a statement. Investors are not in a very forgiving mood, though, because Priceline's share is share price is tumbling the most in three and a half years, putting a whole lot more on Priceline Group's interim and chief executive Jeffrey Boyd, who has been back just a week reclaiming an old job that he had left. Let's bring in our next guest to bring this all together for us. Dan Mosselik, senior equity analyst at Morningstar, joining us from Chicago. So, Dan, uh, first of all, let's talk about uh, Jeffrey Boyd. What brought him back? And boy, oh boy, they need all the help they can get right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that remains to be seen if they need all the help they can get. We probably will talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, so we heard last week that uh, the former CEO, Darren Houston, who we viewed as an effective CEO, had to resign for um, uh, conduct that was contrary to the code of ethics. So that brought uh, Jeffrey Boyd, who was still the chairman of Priceline, back as CEO, at least in the interim, and as you alluded to, he was a former CEO. He was really paramount in making Priceline into the dominant OTA that it is today. He was uh, the CEO from 2001 to 2013, and at that time, he made a, a big acquisition in 2005 of Booking.com that really made Priceline into this dominant OTA that we see today. So, Dandy, what do you think? Is it a stock worth buying right now? It's uh, down $110. It's down about 8%, uh, 1243 the last print. Yeah, you know, our view is we see this as an opportunity. Priceline is a high-quality company. We believe it's well-positioned in a large, in the large and growing online travel industry and that it's trading at attractive uh, valuation here. So, you know, what we saw essentially was a very, very strong first quarter 
where the key metrics were ahead of expectations and actually superior growth to Expedia on an organic to organic comparison. And then, you know, the reason the stock is down is that the second quarter guidance was quite weak and implies that there's going to be a meaningful decline in demand as well as a pickup in near-term spending. Our view on that is, you know, we have several reasons to believe that that's based the weaker guidance is based more on macro and conservatism factors versus any increased competitive uh, situation for Priceline. Speaking of competitive, why is Priceline so dominant? Is it Captain Kirk? Is it William Shatner? There's so mm-hmm. much competition in that space. You mentioned Expedia. How about Kayak? How about so many discount websites that are easy to navigate? Um, you can get all kinds of fares out there. What is Priceline doing so well? Yeah, so, I mean, there's been a lot of consolidation. So Expedia and Priceline have been part of that consolidation, and they've reached reached a point, in our opinion, where it's really tough for any others to compete against them. You mentioned Kayak. Priceline actually acquired Kayak in 2013, and Expedia's made a bunch of acquisitions recently, such as Orbitz. Orbitz was the number three competitor before it was acquired by Expedia and really was unable to effectively compete on a marketing and technology scale that Expedia and Priceline are able to. So they have that scale advantage. They have, you know, the network effect advantage where they have a bunch of properties and other travel uh, supply on their network. Um, and in addition to that, the reason why Priceline's growth has been so strong is their focus is really more on in international markets. And those international markets uh, have hotels that are more independent or boutique versus in the U.S. that are more made of large brands such as Hilton and Marriott. And for the, that reason, in international markets, those smaller hotels really depend on uh, the channels such as Priceline to try to drive um, booking, bookings to, to, their, uh, to, their, to their hotels. What kind of margins are we talking about for these international and small boutique hotels you described? Yeah, so I guess uh, uh, Priceline and Expedia get a commission um, on each hotel room that's sold. And internationally, you know, the companies don't disclose those for competitive reasons. But, you know, for uh, international markets, uh, often probably commission rates for hotels are probably around mid to high teens. And that compares with, you know, the U.S. markets that are more uh, consolidated with those larger brands where those commission rates might be high single digit, low double digit. So it is a, it, you know, it is an, a, a stronger economic channel to be uh, well positioned in those markets. You know, how the, the global economy, the macro picture, uh, how does it look right now for hotels, for travel websites broadly? Because there is still concern, kind of goes up and down in terms of the temperature of that concern in the markets, that, that there's a lot of, um, there's a lack of demand, some would say, in many parts of the world. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been you know, two things with the, with the macro environment. The one are the terror attacks, uh, you know, the last several months in Paris and Brussels, and that having some impact. But, you know, barring, I guess, continued attacks, what we have seen historically are those, those pauses are, are short-lived and that people, you know, value travel, especially Europeans, and that they do return to travel. But that is one reason why there might be a near-term pause. And the second one is, you know, economic growth, uh, you know, I guess globally and especially internationally has shown some uh, some signs of weakening. Dan Wasilek, thanks very much for joining us. Senior Equity Analyst of Morningstar, based in Chicago. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Jaguar Manhattan. Visit Jaguar Manhattan today, where New York goes for luxury. Conveniently located at 54th and 11th Avenue and online at jaguarmanhattan.com. Jaguar Manhattan is at your service.